Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I need to get my ass to Mars. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Total Recall, which came out in 1990. Inspired by the short story We Can Remember It For You Wholesale by Philip K. Dick, written by over 40 different writers, including Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett, and directed by Paul Verhoeven. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, Doug Quaid. He works on Earth, but he really wants to head to Mars. But on Mars, there's terrorists fighting against the corporation there, mining the giant pyramids. Doug finds himself involved in a situation where he may be the good guy or the bad guy. Get ready for the big surprise. You are not you. You're me. No shit. So Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusett, they'd actually written this before they'd worked on Alien. Yeah. And they knew when they'd written this that there was no way in the 70s that this would ever get made. Like, there was no way a studio would have the budget to make this. There was yeah. no way the technology for the special effects would be available to make this. So they kind of sat on it for a little while. And in, in, the, in that time, the script bounced around studio to studio to director to director. And, uh, and at one point, it ended up with uh, Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah. And they'd hired Patrick Swayze for the lead role. <laughs> they'd, they'd constructed all the sets in Australia. Wow. And then Dino De Laurentiis' company went bankrupt. All the sets were scrapped. Everything was let go of, including Swayze and everything else. And uh, But Arnold Schwarzenegger had already heard of the script of Total Recall. Yeah. He wanted it, but they were like, Dino De Laurentiis said, Arnold, never. This script and you, incompatible. It's not going to happen, so no. Wow. And uh, But Arnie was like, but this, I really, I, this script, I feel it. it. It's for me. Yeah. And uh, and so the moment the company went bankrupt, he, he went to, uh, to, to, to a different studio that he was working with at the time and said, buy this script now. Yeah. Buy it and hire me. We're going to make that film now. And... At the moment they went and purchased it, within a couple of hours, he was on the phone to Paul Verhoeven, like, you know, remember me? We, we spoke once. I really wanted to be in Robocop. You, Robocop's amazing. You make the movies I want to be in. Yeah. Come and direct this film. Paul was like, yeah, all right then. <laughs> and, and, and the rest, as we know, is history. But uh, it's not to say that this film had its share of complications. Yeah. Like I said, the, the biggest point or the biggest issue for the makers of this film was the third act. It's the reason why Dan O'Bannon lambasted the production because he was like, you took my script and you butchered it. <laughs> you turned it into a brain dead action gore fest when it was supposed to be a deep philosophical, you know, oh, look Dan, into. Yeah, we get it, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was also, you've changed the comedy and did this and this. So it's, it's understandable that it's not what he wanted, but yeah. Ronald Shusett was really excited with the project and, and like, celebrated the, uh, the the conclusion that they decided with the third act of the film which wasn't the original case yeah um, but of course production was uh, not going to be in Australia this time but they moved it to Mexico <laughs> uh, and uh, and Mexico it's like got one of the the, the to Mexico <laughs> uh, and uh, and Mexico has like got one of the, the the smoggiest like cities in the world yeah and literally only two people survived not getting sick in the production of this film they had 
ambulances on the set every day. They had to fly people to hospitals with helicopters whilst making this film because everyone no got way. sick from the water, from the food. The only reason why Arnold didn't get sick was because he had a, his own chef and food being flown in from America to feed him. And then Ronald Schusser as well, who was uh, taking uh, vitamin shots every week and, uh, and and brushing his teeth with bottled water. There's so many fascinating <laughs> stories in the making of this film that you could literally spend a day... Uh, fascinating stories in the making of this film that you could literally spend a day uh, looking into it. And because it was such a massive hit when it came out, yeah. one of the most expensive movies ever made at the time, uh, it is, it's a it's a fascinating film to explore. I, I also read as well, didn't Arnold like control like 90% of the movie? Uh, yeah, it was it was him and, and, and the director's, you know, combined that they collaborated and worked so he he was able to decide who goes on the poster he was able to decide where his name goes in the title well, how wh- much he's getting paid, when the studio was advertising the film arnie looked at the trailer and went that's shit <laughs> you need to do a new trailer oh, like, man, you need to probably. fix this that's shit do it properly i'll be back taking the cigar out of his mouth <laughs> yeah, just burning money there are stories that might uh, that, that are from the from the set of this film that Arnie was literally smoking his cigar the entire time. Like oh, yeah. he like in shots of close-ups, he'd literally just breathed out of smoke, you know, and the cigar is still burning in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't know it. Man, this movie, like, uh, I, I've always got a fond memories of Total Recall simply because of the late Saturday night Arnold marathons that used to be on TV. You know, your Terminator, your Predator, your Total Recall, Running Man, Running Man. You know, and it's it's really crazy that Total Recall. I do think out of all of Arnie's movies that he made from mid eighties to mid late nineties, Total Recall is the rare gem out of all of them where he's he's not just a bumbling idiot you know muscle bound hero who's just gonna kick the crap out of him don't get me wrong i love last action hero yeah yeah yeah. you know i love who he is in that but for this one this one's like a really thought-provoking character and that, I, I think that comes from dan o'bannon you know the original story in fairness i mean dan o'bannon standing there saying you butchered my story you stole it from Philip K. Dick. Right, well, yeah. You know? <laughs> and so let's 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 throw the whole plagiarizing thing under the bus there because we just needed a film. And like you said, during the seventies, there's no way you could have tried to get this made. You know, the simple beginning of the set of Mars. You know, it's like a nineteen fifties Roger Corman wet dream there. You know, <laughs> these two astronauts just walking out looking at the horizon of Mars. They're in love. You know, you you don't really know what's going on up until Arnie slips and falls down this hill and cracks his shield on his face and the well I, I never really knew what was going on at first. It took me a while to realise there's no air on Mars, so he was you know, suffocating, suffocating, and his eyes are popping out his fucking head. The special effects right off the offset. Well, should we talk about Rob Bottin already? <laughs> should we? I mean, I mean, it's surprising that Rob Bottin even got the job because Rob Bottin obviously worked on RoboCop with Paul Verhoeven, and yeah. they had massive arguments over and over and over. You know, and it was only when the film was finished that they both sat back and went. And shook hands and went, yeah, we both did it. That was amazing. Like, despite <laughs> all of the issues we had making it, look how good it is. And yeah. so, 
Paul Verona was like, if I'm going to do this, I need, I, I need Rob Bottini back. the best special effects in the business. Exactly. And that that is what you get. Although the Mars miniatures were done by a completely different team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the effects by Rob Bottini in this are absolutely fantastic from, from the different team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the effects by Rob Bottini in this are absolutely fantastic from, from the mutants to, to, to the fat lady. I'm sorry, she doesn't have an, an actual name. She's called the fat lady. Uh, to, you know, arms being severed. There are so many awesome effects. Uh, she's called the fat lady. Uh, to, you you know, arms being severed. There's so many awesome effects uh, by Rob Bottin and like the miniature team. Like even the CGI. There's a sequence when he goes through an airport later on. Yeah, and it's one of the first uses of CGI in film. Well, I was gonna say like it's it you know yeah and it's one of the first uses of CGI in film. Well, I was gonna say like it's it you know we're we're we start off with Arnie waking up and he's in bed with Sharon Stone. Oh. 1990s Sharon Stones before Basic Instinct. Oh man, and they are they are married, but there's just there's something not right about the relationship. You immediately from the offset, it just doesn't seem right. And through the news, you know, watching uh, Ronnie Cox on the news, Co uh, Hagen explaining about Mars, the troubles on Mars. You know, terrorists, this freedom fighting group are trying to stop the corporation from mining the giant pyramids. Um, and the all the alien artifacts that are in there. And Quaid is this massive draw to go to Mars. Laurie. Doug. <laughs> Let's do it. Do what? Move to Mars. Right, he's, he's just seen all these people getting killed on the Let's news. Let's go. And he's like, Let's go. It's like, what? And and I, I, I'll get into it a bit later on, because I got really confused. This is like the billionth time of watching it, but I'm really studying it this time. And I'm like, why? What is drawing him to Mars? Even Sharon Stone's like, you you will hate it. We're not going. We're not. And he he leaves to go to work and he walks through the little security area, which for 99 is that special effect of the 3D of the, 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 the skeleton, skeleton, you know, as he's walking through. And then he gets onto the train and he sees an ad skeleton, skeleton, you know, as he's walking through. And then he gets onto the train and he sees an advert for Total Recall, the, the, the corporation. You know, they will embed memories into your mind which i think is completely wrong <laughs> something's definitely going to go wrong there um but those memories will be of you on holiday in this place and so quaid goes to work and he talks to his buddy and his buddy's like don't go there dude seriously there was a guy who got lobotomized they'll they'll kill your brain so i'm thinking to myself okay so people are trying to stop him from getting to mars one person is his friend who gives him the gives him the stink eye kind of after he tells him he's looking at him like yeah you better not be going there yes, that's it but then when he gets to recall he he just goes okay yeah I'm gonna go there right well I mean this guy playing the salesman he's he's one of the best TV film salesman of all time yes like he sells it wholesale really <laughs> and Arnie's even said it's his favorite scene in the whole movie because of the concept of it and the idea of the sales pitch. And how he's like, we've got something because of the concept of it and the idea of the sales pitch. And how he's like, we've got something new for you. It's called Blue Skies on Mars. Yes. You're going to be a kick-ass, infiltrating, super double agent. You're going to kill the bad guy, get the girl, and save the planet. It's like, that sounds like a holiday of a lifetime. Now, pardon me for questioning, but everything he has just put into this program... Everything he has just put into this program is going to happen in the movie. Well, including choosing like the bust size of his of his like dream girl 
And so when the when the sign of his of his like dream girl. And so when the when the scientists start to freak out and they call the boss in and they say to him, "Look, we've had to just inject him with all this fucking sedative because he's 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 literally been to Mars. Somebody's already erased his memory." I start to question of if everything from the point where he went under is real. Well, well, that's the. I, I mean, I, when I first saw this film, I, it never even occurred to me to question it. I was just like, yes, I was just yeah. like, you know, it was just like, no, this is all. All what's happening right now is all real. Yeah, all yeah. of it's real. But it's only you know, as I grew up and rewatched it, I was like, oh, they're actually. They're, it's quite smart. It is trying to give you the 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 split choice as an audience as to whether you know. The first 20 minutes is the only reality of the whole film. And the rest of it is just all the holiday. Because it's very Blade Runner-esque with these questions that I have at the end of watching this for the millionth time. Because he he has his freak-out moment. The scientist explains that he's already had his mind erased. So they need to re-implant the memories that have already been put in there. And forget about this trip to Mars. And throw him into a cab. And when he wakes up, like when you explained this to me weeks ago, I... Totally did not believe you, but Robert Picardo as the Johnny Cab. Like, this was future tech to me. Why have we not got Johnny Cabs? I mean, I know we've got Ubers, but it's not the same. Why have we not got Johnny Cabs? I mean, I know we've got Ubers, but it's not the same. We've, we've got self-driving cars. We, why can't we mix the two? <laughs> self-driving Ubers. I want to be driven around by Robert Picardo. I want, yeah, I need, I need Robert Picardo. But he, he gets back to his... Uh, Quaid gets Cardo. Back to, yeah, I need, I need Robert Picardo. But he, he gets back to his... Uh, Quaid gets back to his um, his block. And I do like the outside shots of... He, we don't really see much. But, you know, you've got the future streets of, I don't know, future LA or whatever. And his buddy stops him from, from work. And he's just like, you blabbed, Quaid! You blabbed about going to Mars! So I'm like, okay, these guys have been set here to deal with Quaid if he decides have been set here to deal with Quaid if he decides to go back to Mars. But he's secretly supposed to go back to Mars. Well, we don't know that yet, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, even if he has or hasn't had his memory erased at any point in time, right. he's still got the attraction or hasn't had his memory erased at any point in time, Right. he's still got the attraction to want to go to Mars, despite all the violence that's going on there. Yeah. So something is compelling him to want to go there. Yeah. But odds are it's, you know, forgotten, repressed memories, but... But he, he takes out all these guards, and it's a, it's a great fight sequence. You know, I, I like the fact that it's not just Arnie beating people up he's got some skills yeah 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 and but he almost seems surprised that he's able to do it <laughs> which again leads to the belief that this is all the holiday he seems surprised that he's able to do it <laughs> which again leads to the belief that this is all the holiday you know this is all the memories because he's just you know just easily takes them all out when he's you know an unassuming he doesn't he doesn't walk on at the beginning of the film like i'm the action star does he it's kind of like a surprise but that's the crazy thing because he's built like a brick shit house. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like like you, you're arnold schwarzenegger you're looking in the mirror like huh yeah oh. no but they, they don't go full commando with him in this film do they no you know? no no but it does <laughs> like it like it's set up because when he comes back to Again, his wife, just to go back to like the original idea, which yeah. is why the role was to Patrick Swayze, which was a much more unassuming, kind of clerical, like average build looking right. person. Yeah. Instead of going for this this kind of macho bravado, 
like Olympian. Yeah. You know, and that's why Verhoeven was like, well, if we've got Arnie, then that's why we need gore and we need blood and explosions. And because it's an Arnie movie now. It's an Arnie movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he heads back to his apartment and meets up with his, his wife, Laurie, and explains to her, like, look, I'm being chased. I went to recall. They mess, I, I, they, they mess with my mind somehow. And she tries to kill him. And so, yeah, now you're really believing into the fact that obviously everybody is trying to kill him and stop him from going back to Mars. And when we get introduced to Michael Ironside's character, Richter, that bit kind of freaks me out as well because it turns out that Laurie is his wife. Or lover, to or, some extent, yeah. Yeah, and she, but she's being assigned because all these people are agents. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 all, they're all agents assigned to stop Quaid from wanting to get back Does to Mars. Does it seem a little bit fantastical? Yeah. <laughs> to, to the point as well where, like, they find, uh, you know, we find out that Cohagen, Ronnie Cox's character, is actually involved in the whole thing. And he's even surprised that they're trying to kill him. Right. They're like, he's like, no, leave him alone. They're like, yeah, what? no. You know, he we... needs to die for because of the information he knows. Yeah. So like, well, what information? What does he know? But that's it. And Ronnie Cox is like, no, no, leave him alone. Leave him alone. It's fine. I do have a problem. Like, I mean, you're so invested in the film. You're yeah. so in for the journey right now that it's like a massive oversight. But if you're a bit of a sci-fi nerd, you'll yeah. look at this conversation between Earth and Mars that's happening, like, simultaneously. You're like, no. Like, that would... in Mars that's happening, like, simultaneously. You're like, no. Like, that would require, like, the, the transmission to be sending faster than the speed of light. Dude, it's the future. Yeah, still. Like, you, you, you need to... You, in that case, they must have broken the laws of... of, of physics yeah to be able to do it but i mean this, this film has many many oversights like like the beginning intro sequence i know it's a dream but it will come back at the end of the film yeah like mars it's like minus 80 degrees fahrenheit yeah. like minus 60 degrees celsius yeah. you'll freeze to death instantly there's no time to you know have Dude. eye bulging spasms yeah it's 1990 at this point we thought velociraptors <laughs> didn't have feathers yes yeah, you know true. time so how much we've learned yeah i i love <laughs> the whole the whole idea of the sci-fi-ness because the the more you put the whole the whole idea of the sci-fi-ness because the the more you put in front of me and the less you explain, the more I go, oh yeah, I completely accept that because it just goes along with it. Like, like they don't have any laser guns in this. They're, all the guns still fire bullets. Right, yeah, yeah. But they're all just weirdly shaped guns. You know, you have that whole shootout where he gets onto the train. shaped guns. You know, you have that whole shootout where he gets onto the train and then he, he races off to his own hotel. And it's funny that when he gets to the hotel... Quaid walks in and immediately gets a phone call from somebody he doesn't know with a suitcase containing all of Quaid's information. Right. <laughs> and you're like... Does this seem a little bit far-fetched to you? <laughs> no, no, we know that he's got a tracker in his head because Richter and his team are tracking They've him. They've got that giant Casio tracker. <laughs> Man, it's the cars that I love. Like, how big windscreens do you need? Right. Tiny wheels, giant windscreens. <laughs> And they're, they're, they're tracking him. And obviously he, uh, he wraps the towel around his head to block out the signal. And then he races outside, grabs the uh, case, jumps in the Johnny cab. There is an old lady that cracks me up every time I watch this. <laughs> it causes him a fucking asshole. It's the way he bows it's after. It's the way he bows after. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and your own bag. Excuse me, ma'am, but I need it. Fuck you, you asshole. 
<laughs> and he jumps into the jolly cab and and race off now talking about the gore sequences like there was that yeah. that poor guy on the escalator i know i was going to bring this up i was like because it's something that you don't really pay much attention to but yeah there's this poor schlob on the on the escalator in front of arnie who just gets shot to shit and arnie uses him as a human meat shield and when he's done with it he throws the body at the at the the guys chasing him i always believed that that guy throws the body at the at the the guys chasing him i always believed that that guy is dressed as fucking um, Jack from American Werewolf in London because he's got a pack on his back yeah. and he's wearing like a, a flannel top but the way that the blood squibs just kind of explode all over him and then Arnie takes out the guys and then throws the body at fucking Michael Ironside I'm like that's amazing he has like our hero ladies and gentlemen yeah. <laughs> but because it's arnie you almost just don't care it's just like that's what he would do yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's arnie you almost just don't care it's just like that's what he would do when he gets to the warehouse he starts to talk to him that's what he would do when he gets to the warehouse he starts to talk to himself it he starts to talk to carl hauser it's a pre-recorded video, isn't it? Yeah, and Carl explains that he worked for Cohagen on Mars and he retrieved all this information regarding the alien artifacts and the alien pyramids. And if Cohagen and the rest of the people get hold of this information, um, it will be bad. So you need to keep the information and get it to the Freedom Fighters on Mars. Now this is the plan. Get your ass to Mars. And so you're like, okay, so yeah, he's totally the good guy. You know, he's found this information and he wants to save all of the people being oppressed on Mars. But you, I, you know, you not only you have the iconic line, you've got to get your ass to Mars from Arnie. Get your ass to Mars. And you've got to get your ass to Mars from Arnie. Get your ass to Mars. But I, I, I just love the whole sequence where he's got to stick that thing up his nose. But I, I, I just love the whole sequence where he's got to stick that thing up his nose. Yep. It's it's one of the most memorable scenes in the film. It really is because like the horror of that thing, especially when you see the clamp opening before he inserts it. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course, I mean, it's it's a we've seen enough Arnie puppet heads <laughs> to, yes. to to know <laughs> like how good special effects are that you can make Arnie's head look like that. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's it's complete with the Arnie noises. <laughs> noises. But it's great, a really great effect. Yeah, and I love the fact that he sticks the little tracker in the chocolate and races off to get to Mars. And I love the fact that he sticks the little tracker in the chocolate and races off to get to Mars. Yeah. And then you get the comedy routine where Victor and his crew are chasing the there, rat. There, there. <laughs> Now, uh, this film, you know, it, <laughs> now, uh, this film, you know, it had budget reasons. They went over budget and there was supposed to be the entire sequence of leaving Earth and going to Mars. Right. But they just couldn't afford to do anything there. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your you know, when they shoot the place up, having the, the looping line of get your ass to Mars, yeah. get your ass to Mars. And like that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. But they couldn't afford to show, you know, the the flight to Mars, which, you know, so when we do cut to Mars and we see a couple of ships landing, 
that is it. And at the same time, again, that's when you go, the film makes it feel like this has happened within like five hours, like catching a bus. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to take you five months at the quickest to get to Mars. Like, well, the advert doesn't and, sell it like that. There's an advert I know, the where advert the guy makes says, it feel like hey, you know, I know, but it makes there. you go, well, what's the technology that's helping you do that? I always believe, at this point, when I first watched this movie, I was up there with Blade Runner. So, like, Arnie is in the Blade Runner universe. The yeah. technology is super advanced. They've got plasma drives. You know, even though we don't see it. Same as, like, Paul Verhoeven did this, kind of the same thing with Robocop. It was the future, but not. Mm. You know, it's still 1986. Well, yeah, I mean, Ed 209s and the, the big the big bang bangs. Yeah, but <laughs> you fully believe it. You know, it doesn't give you a date. So you just go, oh, yeah, it's 23XX. I, I totally accept Well, that. that was the thing that he wanted to set this as far in the future with a date in mind because he didn't want it to be like Blade Runner where when it gets to 2012, <laughs> you're just like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, where's the know, flying cars at? He didn't want the Back to the Future syndrome. Man. <laughs> But when he gets to Mars, I mean, you got to love this whole sequence. You know, we, we don't get it at first, but Richter is talking to uh, the local captain of the armed forces, played by the actor who does Gold to Cut in DS9. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, they're discussing about, obviously, the, the rebels attacking, who Quato is, you know, and how they're trying to keep their eyes attacking, who Quato is, you know, and how they're trying to keep their eyes open for Quaid. And you get this, well, as Gary explained earlier, this fat lady just walk up and she just delivers the iconic two weeks line, which it's just, that is atypical Arnie's. If you, you know, I'll be back, two weeks is right up there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a car to take. So how long do you plan to stay on Mars? Two weeks. Have you brought any fruits or vegetables onto the planet? Two weeks. Excuse me? But I, I love watching it this time. I was just like, why does this happen? You know, the guy says to her, how, how long you stay? Watching it this time, I was just like, why does this happen? You know, the guy says to her, how, how long you staying? Two weeks. Have you brought any vegetables? She repeats two weeks. And what, how, what was his whole plan here? And I realized that he must have, he must have planned for it to malfunction. I don't know. Because... Like, I don't know. I just think it just malfunctioned and he just didn't... He, he kind of panicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's how I immediately look at it as well. Because... It's it's because of what happens at the end of the scene. It makes you go, did they program that? Or how, what? It just makes no sense. But it's awesome. Because he, he leaves everything. He, he takes the head off. You know, you watch it come off in those little sections. He puts it back. He throws it to the people... The, the armed guards and it explodes yeah but it doesn't just explode it says get ready for a surprise and I'm like so did they make it to, to just say two weeks and get ready for a surprise well, or what well this is it we don't know how long has it been since he, he got his stuff but he must have right I'm going to buy that robotic head and if it malfunctions I'll program it to explode okay <laughs> get ready for a surprise I just want to say the uh, the head pieces as well was a really awesome effect. It is. It's uh, Rob Boutine, of course, used that effect, you know, um, animatronics and everything else. He said when the finished thing was done, it was so heavy, even Arnold couldn't pick it up. Wow. Um, and, of course, when you see the, the mask opening up, you get to see another Arnie mask behind that one. And you're like, that's another Arnie dummy face. <laughs> but it's so quick, you, 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 you might miss it. Yeah. And we get Richter just being, you know, a complete idiot again by shooting up the glass dome. 
of Mars. Which <laughs> you think, like, if they're going to have all the security and weapons and guns uh... and freedom fighters and warfare on Mars, you'd have better glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he, he kills, like, three or four guards that way. Arnie manages to escape. You know, he kills, like, three or four guards that way. Arnie manages to escape. You know, and then he gets angry at Goldacat by Goldacat explaining to him, look, you've just broken the glass. You know, we've had to shut the shutters down. We, you know, we could have killed us all. And Arnie makes his way uh, to the, the, the hotel to receive the information to send him to the local uh, strip club. Yeah, he needs to go and find Melina. Yeah. And that's what we really get to see. I mean, like, the whole of Mars looks like a cross between a strip club and, 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 a, and a factory anyway. Yeah. There's just half-naked people everywhere. There's, you know, it just seems like there's bars and just people just living rough. Yeah. But that's, you know, the whole class system that's been set up by, by Cohagen, who, who really just doesn't care for all of these. He, he treats them like homeless people. Yeah, he's charging them for air. Right, and right. And so that means they have to work in the mines, but they found something in the mines which has now turned people against them. Because you've also got mutants. Which is all because of the flimsy protection of the radiation. Yeah. So they're all, they're all mutating. And it's just like protection of the radiation yeah so they're all they're all mutating and it's just like protection of the radiation yeah so they're all they're all mutating and it's just like okay i i i, I get that you know they you know, we, they're all mutating and it's just like okay i i i, I get that you know they you know, we, they're all mutating and it's just like okay i i i, I get that you know they you know, these are the innocent people cohagen's the big evil guy but it's when he obviously he's he, he's met up with melina and you know, Melina, Melina recognised him as Hauser. Right. As Carl Hauser. So you then get the idea that, okay, so he's already been there once. Then he's had his mind erased. Then he's been sent to Earth. And he's been obviously trying to be stopped coming from Earth. But now he's coming back to try to find the rebel freedom fighters, who he believes Melina's a part of, which obviously she is, because that's how the movie's going to go. But you have that amazing sequence when he gets back to his hotel room. And he's confronted by the doctor from the advert. Yes. Of Total Recall. Well, from the Recall yeah, advert. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's probably, one of, again, another one of my favourite sequences. Because it really, you know, it, it, it adds a level of intelligence to the movie. Yeah. When, you know, when, when it is sometimes criticised for just being a dumb action film. Yeah. Uh, how smart it is and how it does make you think. And how the doctor describes uh, what's happened and literally explains to him all of the events that are about to incur in the film, yeah. including the walls of reality coming down, because literally the walls of this apartment will collapse when the when the drills come through. You know, he literally describes all the way up to the end of the film what's going to happen, verbatim. The walls of reality will come crashing down. One minute you'll be the savior of the rebel cause, and the next thing you know, you'll be Cohagen's bosom buddy. You'll even have fantasies about alien civilizations, as you requested. But in the end, back on Earth, you'll be lobotomized. And uh, so you're like, so... But because that one bead of sweat pours down his face, it's yeah. enough for, for Hauser, Quaid, Doug to, to believe that he's lying because he's panicking, because he's sweating, which means he's lying about me being in the dream world, therefore I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> because this is reality now. And so, it, it, again, it's enough to make you question, like, but by the end of the film, because that doctor said everything absolutely as it was going to that's, happen, because, like, he knew the dream. That's what I was going to say as well, is, like, I've seen this movie a billion times, and this point has always been, nine times out of ten, the point of the movie where I go, ah, it's all real, it's not a dream. 
But then when I was watching it this time, I was like, but if it's like the Matrix and he's already in the dream and this guy's in the dream as well, then he would sweat if he was worried, if he was being sent in from the outside. Because now you've just killed him and the outside version of him is dead. Well, no, is, is the outside version of him dead? I don't know, dude. This is Is he just recall. been lobotomized? Because Laurie turns, you know, it turns out that she's super evil as well, oh. you know. And this is all still, they are actually on Mars and he is part of this agency. And... He and a bunch of guards to, uh, take Quaid down and they start to take him to the elevator and Richter's just like, yes, we'll come up and save you. Um, and, and then Melina turns up, comes out of the uh, elevator with that goddamn machine gun. <laughs> you know, and it's she's she was she was a good actress. I mean, I did like her in Falling Down, you know, uh, but I like her and Sharon Stone, I think I think I see Sharon Stone as the better fighter in this sequence. I don't know, like, if it could, it could well, be all stunt doubles. One of the main I things, know. all the main thing that Paul Verhoeven wanted in this was that not to be. Could be all stunt doubles. One of the main things, all the main thing that Paul Verhoeven wanted in this was that not to be. Could be all stunt doubles. One of the main things, all the main thing that Paul Verhoeven wanted in this was that not to be a cat fight. He yes. wanted them, He wanted some martial arts. He wanted to at least up the game of having two girls fighting on screen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. It it's it does feel fairly staged. A little bit, and uh, yeah, it was. It it's it does feel fairly staged a little bit, but then yeah. like, but then you're looking at this whole film, and you're just like, it's all a dream, but it's not. But it's it can get away with it I because think, it may be. Yeah, I think I would have preferred her to have killed Laurie off, um, but instead you have that line between Arnie, you know, consider yeah. that a divorce, you know, and with her dead, Richter is fucking crazed now. You know, this is his wife or his girlfriend or whatever. She's been murdered. By the guy that she was supposed to murder. But that's not the point. <laughs> and they they chase uh, Melina and Arnie to the, uh, the the giant glass window. And they jump on the glass window. And, he's, and Richter's buddies is like, no, you'll kill us all. And he holds him back. And they meet up with Benny again, I believe, at this point. Yeah, the cab driver. Yeah. And they meet up with Benny again, I believe, at this point. Yeah, the cab driver. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Benny the cab driver. I got five. Yeah, the cab driver. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Benny the cab driver. I got five kids to feed. <laughs> and, they, you know, you've, you've had some great dialogue with him and he... <laughs> and, they, you know, you've, you've had some great dialogue with him and he's kind of like being... And they, you know, you've you've had some great dialogue with him, and he's kind of like being the third, I suppose, for this little tricycle. The dialogue with him, and he's kind of like being the third, I suppose, for this little tricycle. The comic relief. Yeah, yeah the comic relief, and they get to the bar. Goes for this little tricycle. The comic relief. Yeah. yeah, the comic relief, and they get to the bar, and all the the patrons of the bar. I think they're all part of the Freedom Fighter Network because they literally rush Melina, Benny. And, and Quaid into the secret wall, close it off. Richter and, and his buddy come running in and it just turns into a fucking riot. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's sad. You know, we, didn't, we didn't bring her up a little while ago, but you know, that the three, it's, it's sad. You know, we, didn't, we didn't bring her up a little while ago, but you know that the three-breasted lady, I, like it's just, you're gonna remember her, and 
It, it's kind of sad. She gets shot in the back. She gets shot in the back. And then lots of people get shot. Like, people are just stepping out. It, it's kind of sad. She gets shot in the back. She gets shot in the back. And then lots of people get shot. Like, people are just stepping out. It, it's kind of sad. She gets shot in the back. She gets shot in the back. And then lots of people get shot. Like, people are just stepping out of doorways and taking bullets. Yeah. You know, again, the film was criticized for being uber violent and the body count being really high but then when you look at the way these squibs work or the way these people fall when they get hit it, it's it's almost comedy it, yeah it really is I, just played up to the point like richter's buddy with the glasses he gets stabbed, stabbed. by the little dwarf lady who, thumbelina thumbelina you know she she'd had these little comic moments because it's it's a whorehouse you know you got all these different women women with three boobs that's pretty fucking awesome <laughs> But they're like, they shut off the section, you know, Cohagen's just like, look, we're going to shut the section down. We're going to close off the air. We're just going to kill them all. And I'm like, super evil. Or that, we're going to close off the air. We're just going to kill them all. And I'm like, super evil. Or that's super Ronnie Cox evil. Right. It's that awesome know? moment where he's talking on the computer ceremony. He's like, but they'll run out of air. And he's like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. It's like where he's talking on the computer ceremony. He's like, but they'll run out of air. And he's like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Yes. <laughs> Don't do anything. But they won't last an hour, sir. Fuck them. OCP, you know, man. Man, I imagine if you took the evil version guy from Halloween 3 and took <laughs> him with Ronnie Cox, they yeah. rule the world! But we go through, like, the lost mines of Mars now, you know? Well, we got a... Uh, uh, Quaid gets taken to see Quado. Yeah, but he... Well, I mean, we're going through the old burial grounds, aren't we, underneath? Yeah. You know, this is the, the old tunnels. These are the people who were building the colony first, and this is where they were buried. And then they get met by the Freedom Fighters. And we'd seen Marshall Bell before, earlier in the movie. Uh, as kind of like a work colleague, I suppose, of Melina. But he gets revealed as Quato. Yes, and the effect for this is amazing. You know, I only, until recently seeing it on like on Blu-ray, yeah. I always thought it was Marshall Bell in the in the background, in the shot. Oh. But it's full, it's a full puppet, head oh, to toe wow. puppet. Uh, and it was the only way to, in order to be able to get the, you know, the, uh, the electronics and yeah, the puppetry yeah, to work was yeah. the whole thing to be a puppet. And I was like, wow, like on VHS or watching it on a smaller screen, it just looked like the actor there. And I was like, that he moves. Is a, yeah, exactly. He moves as well. And I was like, it's Rob Bottin. Like the man's a bloody genius when it comes to effects. Yeah. So why am I not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great at the fact and you and you get introduced like to the the crux of the the, the movie you know Quato knows about the reactors or he, or he retrieves the information from Quaid's yep, mind psychic, yeah. regarding the reactors and that and he he helps Quaid understand about unlocking the power of the reactors but if if you hadn't got the power of the reactors but. If you hadn't got to, you know, realize at this point, you know, they get attacked again because there's a there's a betrayer amongst the group, <coughs> Benny. Um, and, you know, the drills come through the walls, you know, guards are just coming through and just shooting all the rebel freedom fighters left and right. And yeah, shooting all the rebel freedom fighters left and right. And yeah, Quato, Quaid, Benny and Molina all chase into the airlock. And Benny turns out to be the backstabber. You know, we had that great, you know, I got four kids to feed. I thought you had five. Ah, shit, man. You got me. <laughs> but Benny had been revealed as a mutant. Yeah. You know, the whole sequence with his arm. I'm, it, 
an awesome effect. It tr- well, yeah, but it tries a little bit too hard sometimes. The movie tries a little bit too hard to go, hey, look, this is going to help Quaid. And you're like, no, it's not. Fuck off. You know, seriously, the last six or seven people tried to help Quaid and they're either dead or they're fucking evil. <laughs> Start the reactor. Free This is the point I brought up at the beginning of the review was Ronnie Cox meets Quaid and Melina and, you know, Richter's there and they he basically explains to us that this was all a ploy. Carl Hauser, Arnold Schwarzenegger's original identity, found out about the reactors and purposely had his mind erased and sent to Earth so that he could come back to Mars, find the leader of the Resistance, and kill him. Yeah. I have to hand it to you. It's the best mindfuck yet. Even though he tricked himself into believing that he would be a freedom fighter to help overthrow Mars, that was the lie in order to help him get to the freedom fighters to find Quado so they could kill him and and then hopefully take him back and turn him back into Hauser. And not be killed by Laurie or right. Richter or the guys that he worked with on Earth. Yeah, all the know? loose cannons. And, and was the advert placed there when he saw the recall advert? Was that all part of Cope? Cohagen's plan so that he would go to recall and have his mind it all seems just a little you bit know, that's, like, that's yeah. it because why would you still go why would you go to recall you know would you would you not put him somewhere where there isn't a recall just in case he accidentally has his mind fucked up he could have died in the chair but you know it's an irony movie this was all a ploy and you know Quaid doesn't want to be Hauser. He wants to be Quaid. He believes... And that's quite cool, you know. Yeah. It, 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 it was played again when Arnie did The Sixth Day. Right, where yeah, he was yeah, another the clone. clone yeah. You know, and he's like, no, I want to be the person. I love this whole sequence as well where he's in the chair and they're trying to erase his memory and Melina's memory. And he rips that thing off the arm and, and Melina's memory. And he rips that thing off the arm and stabs the guy in the face with it yeah it's rough and then he ends up grabbing like a pipe and then wedges that through the other side of his face so you just see him for a second just flailing rob botine again mate you know genius just yeah just (laughs) use heads we need to explode heads all over the place kill him it's about goddamn and so now it's uh, now it's the, the basically the final action sequence, the yeah. the, the running around. Uh, he's you know trying to get to the reactor, and uh, and we we didn't mention the the little toy gizmo that he got earlier in the film, which is like a holographic projection watch. Yes, which uh, he utilizes here brilliantly. Although you know, he uses it at one point to distract him and then kill them all. But there's a sequence where he steps out in front of all of them, yeah. and he's and he's just and they all shoot at his hologram, and he he goes down. I was like, surely they would have all killed each other because they were shooting at a hologram. Because there's another <laughs> sequence where they shoot the hologram and they shoot each other. I was like, what's going on here? You know, Richter is uh, basically you know the, one of the last gunmen left. He's trying to escape, uh, but Arnie jumps for him on the elevator platform. They wrestle for a little bit. Richter gets thrown off the side as they're going past a, a junction, and he gets his arms torn off. And it's uh, it's just epic, absolutely epic. <laughs> no! 
really epic. <laughs> See at the party Richter. See at the party Richter. See at the party Richter. Michael. See at the party Richter. Michael Ironside deserves a glorious death scene. I said, I said, like when people say, like what what makes a movie good? Michael Ironside. Oh, you yeah. just need a little hint of Michael Ironside dying or doing something evil or just grunting, mixed know? with Ronnie Cox. You've got the ah, best villainy I've ever. Yeah, because <laughs> you know Arnie now explains to us. Quaid explains to us like the the whole core of Mars is ice. And that these alien reactors are there so that if you activate them, it will melt the ice and it will burst oxygen into the atmosphere. And I totally buy this, you know, because why not? You know, I've bought everything else up to this point. I might as well exactly, buy alien yeah. reactors. The only know? thing it's hard to buy is the fact that it can, you know, give an atmosphere to Mars in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> Hey, Genesis could do it in less time. I bought that in Star Trek 2. <laughs> Star That's Trek. fucking, you know, I'm totally going to buy this. And they have this... Aliens just kind of left a reactor here that, so that they could put the, you know, turn an on-off switch for the planet. <laughs> Sounds very much like a dream. <laughs> I love the fact they've got the hand symbol as well. I think after this movie, I was always doing that with my hands, like being an alien. And he activates it. And he gets sucked outside. Ronnie Cox gets sucked outside. Molina gets sucked outside. I mean, they get sucked out this... Why, why would you have that giant head? <laughs> right. outside. I mean, they get sucked out this... Why, why would you have that giant head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, leading to the sewers of the fucking... Well done, planet. aliens. <laughs> and we'd already seen Ronnie Cox. He's died. He, he's died from going outside while there's no uh, oxygen. But while Molina and Quaid are almost dying... All the air is being spurred out. It saved all the people. Luckily, it blasts the all the windows out. Blows well. all the windows out. You know, it's now changed the living equality for the rest. It's brought peace to Mars. It brought basically. blue skies to Mars. Oh. <laughs> blue skies. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds a little familiar. And that's when you get Arnie at the end. And he's just like, what happens if this is all a dream? And she's like, well, you know. And they start making out. And then the movie ends. And you're like, is it? Well... There's two major clues there at mm. the very end as well, and uh, there's two major clues there at mm. the very end as well, and uh, uh, having the having it fade to white yeah was a clue, and also having uh, Jerry Goldsmith's music uh, reuse the dream theme tune ever so slightly. Oh, so using the dream music fading to white instead of black was was Paul Verhoeven saying lobotomy. But it's still down to interpretation. You can still reject that if you want to. It's one of those Blade Runner things where it doesn't matter. You 